0: It starts with how do I feel about myself? If I am not feeling good in my skin, then I'm not going to feel like sharing or being intimate. So how do I feel about myself? So that talks about gut, nutrition, all of those sorts of things.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you, and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And joining me today on a topic that I know you guys have a lot of questions about is Dr. Julianne Arena. She's a double board certified physician, an educator, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, and a mother of two teenagers just like me. Her passion is women's sexual health and intimacy, and looking at it with a multi-layered approach. She believes we are by Biologically hardwired for intimacy and connection. As a certified Cleovana specialist, Dr. Arena is committed to female sexual health. She received her undergraduate degree at Harvard University and graduated from Boston University School of Medicine. She completed her residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Bay State Medical Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. And she's practiced conventional medicine as a board certified OBGYN for 15 years. And then, like a lot of us, had her own awakening and then has gone now into completing a fellowship and board certification in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Arena. It sounds like I'm speaking to a like-minded practitioner. So excited to get your opinion and your insight. I think for all of us physicians that did conventional, lived in conventional, talked conventionally, and then for me, it was my own help. I don't know what your catalyst was, but then we are kind of forced you know, to kind of look at things in a very different perspective, and it's sort of like opening up a Pandora's box. So excited to hear your story. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How'd you go from conventional to integrative and functional? And just excited to learn more about you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, completely like-minded.
0: It's funny because as I was starting this journey, I discovered you and your podcast. And so I feel like you helped oh, wow. me along in this okay. journey as support and guidance. Oh, wonderful. So yes, as you mentioned, conventional OBGYN for several years, I thought I was in my, my dream practice, right? helping you know young women all the way through perimenopause and menopause, delivering babies, doing surgeries, I loved it. And then always with sort of, I would say a little bit of an an East West bent as well. I believed Mm -hmm. in acupuncture. We had acupuncture in our practice. We had a massage therapist in our practice because I always felt like we needed more tools in our toolbox. So in 2016, I went to a conference on integrative medicine and women's health. Mm -hmm. I went with my friend who is an acupuncturist and boom, Right? Did I have my aha moment? World opens up. <laughs> yes. I didn't believe yeah. that there was so much more out there than how we are trained in traditional, you know, conventional medicine. We're trained. What are your symptoms? Here's your diagnosis. Here's your pill for your ill. I was learning about the gut microbiome. Right? Had never heard about that in traditional medical school. I was learning about the thyroid in a whole new way, and it's not just about your TSH and how all of our body systems interact. Right. We would go back. My colleague and I would go back to our hotel room and I would say, Mary, okay, we got to bring this to our practice. And I would furiously write and make plans. And I went back to my practice and I went back to my next partner meeting. And I said, Guys, we need to grow another branch of the tree. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's Mm -hmm. conventional medicine. It saves lives. We need it. But we need this whole other branch. Right. And there was just silence. And some tilted heads. And what is integrative medicine? What are they going to call me at 2 a.m.
1: Uh, for? Yeah. And I'm like,
0: They're not going to call you at 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> so, right. I got a little bit of pushback, but I said, you know what? I need to go back. I need education. I went and I did my fellowship. And then I tried to bring it to that practice. As you know, we are tasked with seeing over 30 patients a day, double booked every 15 minutes. You don't have the time to spend. But I remember, starting to delve in with women. And I will always remember this one patient, you know, I call her Susie and we started to talk about her gut and her stress and her sleep and her poop. And then our time was up. And I said, you know what, Susie, come back, come back and we'll follow up. And Susie came back Mm -hmm. and she said to me, you know what, Dr. Arena? you were the first doctor that ever talked to me about this. I went out into my car and I cried after the appointment because you were the first doctor that ever talked to me about this. So I still get choked up when I tell this story. And I said, okay, this is what I need to do. So at my next partner meeting at that big mahogany table, I handed in my letter of resignation. I handed it in without a place to go, but I knew in my heart that this was the medicine that I need to practice. So, you know, fast forward a few years, I work in an integrative medical practice got my feet wet a little bit more, and then opened up my own practice, Waves of Awakening, two weeks before the pandemic. Oh, so we've to kind of circle into <laughs> telehealth, right? But point being, we need more tools in the toolbox, right? Definitely. To talk to women about their gut, about their sleep, about their stress, yeah. right? their nutrition, food matters, right? And how that affects us, right, from our teen years all the way up through perimenopause and menopause. So that's sort of where that journey has taken me to today.
1: Well, I am so proud of you. It takes a lot of bravery and courage to turn your letter of resignation into that mahogany table. I know I was in that same place and you know just it's a hard decision and I remember you know I distinctly remember one of my best friends from medical school is a general surgeon and he's very close to me he actually gave me away at my wedding and all that other stuff and when I chose this path he called my husband up and this was over 15 16 years ago and he was like what is she doing and why is she doing this? You know, she's going to ruin her reputation. And it was a risk I took because I think, like, you know, like you, we just believe it, like it's in my soul. Like this is like what needs to happen. And I, it's so exciting to see other practitioners come along the way over the last 15 years or so and really embrace this. And I do believe it's the future. So I do think we're sitting on what the future of medicine is going to look like. Yes. And, and hopefully we can be instrumental, you know, in that voice. But for women today, you know, navigating all the information, all the different voices, it can be a really frustrating journey, unfortunately, much like what I went through, you know, over 20 years ago. And they're often caught in this dialogue between what the conventional OBGYN says and what maybe an integrative or functional doctor has to say. What do you tell those women having sat in both those spaces? Like, what is their best way to navigate that? In fact, my book just recently came out, and that is like the biggest question I keep getting. It's like, you know, how short of coming to us, right, as patients, which people are welcome to do, but like, how do they navigate this where you've got these two communities, you know, that think very differently, to be 100% honest? What would you say to them?
0: Right. I think they're getting better, our conventional colleagues, with all due respect. I think there is more out there about hormones, whether it's social media or whatever, patients are coming in a little bit more educated and asking questions. So what I say to my patients is, right, ask questions, or here's a list of labs maybe for them to run, or yes, you can actually check hormones, and I'll give them a list of things to try to do to try to open up that door. and. I'd spend a lot of time educating them around what is okay and what your conventional provider or OBGYN may be comfortable with, right? So talking about balancing hormones, what may be in their their wheelhouse with regards to how to do that. I think we're getting better, right? You can, you can see it out there on social media. I still think that there's a lot that needs to be done with regards to the education. I was just at a conference last week a local conference for women on on all different aspects of life, but in the health space, there was such the conversation about I ask my doctor to do tests that they say Always. they may yeah, or they're in the normal range or you know, you're just getting older, this is what to expect, right? Yeah. And you want to <laughs> shake <Exactly.
1: all> <laughs> <providers>. <laughs> These are the lines, right? Yeah. These are the lines we keep hearing over and over again. Well, you know, I'm sure one of the things that. Many women ask you, as they ask me, is our thoughts on hormone replacement therapy and, and mm-hmm. what, you know, the pros are, the cons are, you know, tell us maybe you I think they've heard my perspective. Tell us your perspective on hormone replacement therapy, what you like to think about your stance on it in general. I know there's a lot of confusion out there right now when it comes to this. Sure.
0: Right. Again, I think we're also getting better, but how much time do we spend educating women beyond the Women's Health Initiative, right? Right. I right. You my OBGYN training right around the time that all came out, right? So we were told hormones were okay, we can balance hormones. And then we were told, no, we can't, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've spent the last 21 years debulking that, looking at that study, seeing the other studies. So, you know, I explain what synthetic hormone replacement is, the difference between that and bioidentical hormone replacement. Again, as you know, the same chemical structure that our body has. What that study showed, how it is completely different from what we're talking about in the bioidentical space, and not to be afraid of it. You know, using those sayings, this isn't your mother's or your grandmother's hormone replacement. Right? Therapy, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It's individualized, customized. I remember my mother going through menopause. I remember she had Prempro.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It was mm-hmm.
0: one size fits all and not tested, just given it, never retested. So. It is a completely different approach today. And so by educating the patients, trying to dismiss that
1: fear that's out there. I love that. I think that that is such a concern. And there's also a lot of confusion around the term bioidentical, you know, whatever. There's social media trolls out there. And I know there's a lot of pushback on what do you mean bioidentical? Why are you guys using that term? What would you say to that question?
0: All it means, right, it's such a buzzword, is the same chemical structure our body makes right? So if we think about the hormones that were in, you know, the synthetic hormones, those are, you know, equine estrogens from horse's urine. When we're talking about replacing estradiol, it's true estradiol, the same chemical structure our body makes the same with progesterone. It's not a synthetic progestin. It's the same chemical structure our body makes.
1: I love a good holistic remedy. Have you ever heard of maple leaves to soothe your irritated skin? With fall here, now's the best time to tell you about a new skincare brand I'm using called Purity Wood. Purity Wood's products leverage the wonders of a revolutionary ingredient, maple leaf extract. Maple leaves contain anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties, which can help soothe irritated or inflamed skin while also plumping, brightening, and nourishing it. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods age-defying cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off site-wide, but we have an additional 10% off discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com backslash Dr. Taz or enter code Dr. Taz at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's Purity Woods, P-U-R-I-T-Y, Woods dot and enter code Doctor Taz for a total of twenty seven percent off your first order. Do you like the compounded bioidenticals? I know, like some formulations like Vivelle and Climera, and some of those have the label bioidentical right now. Do you agree with that? And then, do you like the compounded hormones as well? I do like the compounded.
0: I'm glad that there are some approaches that can go to a regular pharmacy. For cost respectively right. for patients. Right. So I tried to go down that road. The challenge is you cannot completely customize. So right. I really do like my compounding pharmacy. I know and trust my compounding pharmacist because again, they got a bad rap and they're not all created equally, but that way we can really decide the best dose and the best approach in transdermal? Is it going to be a cream? Where are we going to put it? Are we going to use oral progesterone versus topical, you know, testosterone, DHEA? So I really like to customize depending on the individual's issues. If her issues are more vaginally related, I'm going to focus my replacement there
1: versus overall hotline, night sweats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I love that approach. It's very much exactly you know, kind of what I do. I'd love to talk since we're talking about the vagina. I don't know if that's a natural segue or not, but I love, <laughs> world it is. <laughs> I'd love to talk about intimacy and, sure. and, you know, hormones, because I feel like I meet a lot of women that, you know, they sort of tell me I have no libido and they kind of don't care. And then some women that had a libido and is gone, yes. you know, you know, there was a line I read in your bio that I really loved. You know, she believes we are biologically hardwired for intimacy and connection. Talk to us about that a little bit. What's happening with intimacy and connection? You know, what's happening across the course of a relationship and as right. partners age? Like, what's going on there and wh- why are we kind of losing that spark? Right. I
0: think as you probably work with and I do, super women, right? Mm-hmm. So 50,000 balls in the air. Yeah. I also kind of refer to it as backburner syndrome, right? Okay. So you're dealing perhaps with a career, with a partner or spouse, with children. And so all of those and people and things go to the front burner and you go to the back burner. Our body lets us do it for years. We push through, push through, push through, right? But then as sort of we hit perimenopause and menopause and other hormones in the hormone symphony are starting to go wacky, right one of the biggest things is libido. So trust Mm -hmm. me, when I was a conventional OBGYN, I would go to conferences looking for the magic pill Mm -hmm. for myself and my patients, and then realized over years of experience, okay, that doesn't exist. Right. And it's really a multi-layered approach. And someday I joke with my patients, I will, when I have time, write a book about the multi-layers of libido.
1: Yes. We need that book. (laughs) It's not a
0: single fix. And I talk to people It starts with how do I feel about myself? Mm -hmm. If I am not feeling good in my skin, then I'm not going to feel like sharing or being intimate. So how do I feel about myself? So that talks about gut, nutrition, all of those sorts of things, right? How I'm feeling about my vagina. What's Mm -hmm. going on with my vagina? Is it painful? Is it dry? Do I have trauma from childbirth? What is happening there? What's going on with my partner? Do I like my partner in this moment in time, Mm -hmm. right? Did I sleep last night? What's on my to-do list, and who's in the house? Because COVID brought everybody home, right? Right. right. The college uh-huh. kids, the twenty-something year olds. Whether you have toddlers and you're locking the door, or the high school and college kids who never go to sleep, yep. right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so both, <laughs> right? It's a multi-layered approach. So is it one of those layers? or is it all of those layers? And within each layer, there's a piece, including the hormone replacement therapy. And, and, you know, we were talking about other options and tools for the vagina, things like the O-Shot, Cleovana, so many layers Mm -hmm. and which ones, you know, which ones do we need to work on? Sometimes it's pelvic floor physical therapy too. Another great tool in the toolbox, depending on what's going on with the individual.
1: So let's talk about the OSHA and Cleovana for just a second. Where in the libido conversation do they belong? Because, you know, kind of in my head, and as I'm working with patients, I'm working on a lot of that, right? Because we know, for example, I was looking at an interesting study, like when stress goes up and cortisol goes up, oxytocin goes down, we're not able to bond to our partners. So things Mm -hmm. like, libido and attachment and all these other things kind of go out the window, you know? So for me, when I'm thinking through, you know, how to deal with libido, it's very much about bringing stress down, you know, helping with sleep cycles and then really hormone balancing right between all the hormones people fixate on testosterone, but I feel like it's all the hormones. So bringing those into balance. Now, let's say those have been done. Where does the O shot and cleovana, and where does that fit into the picture? And can those things be done prior to some of this other stuff that's happening with the woman?
0: I think they can be done prior, but to your point, right? What else is going on? Everything always works better when you layer it, right? So the O shot, you know, I get a lot of patients as they age who are having urinary issues, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. the O shot is marketed for urinary issues, but also for sexual benefit. So when we use PRP, the technology that's used in an O shot, we're bringing blood flow and growth factors and stem cells to the area, right? So as we age, if the vaginal tissue isn't as optimal, if the blood flow is not as great, then the O can be helpful with that. Also with urinary issues. But again, if your estrogen's low, supporting estrogen in that area too, you'll get that much more benefit. Right. I always tell people it's not a, a one-shot deal, if you will, no pun intended. What else is going on? And then Cleovana, the sound wave therapy, right? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sound wave therapy has been around for years for men yes. for yeah. erectile dysfunction. But for women, again, the sound wave technology, bringing blood flow to the area, improving nerve endings, right? The clitoris has has 8,000 nerve endings, right? And it gets ignored. We're not allowed to talk about it, right? You can't see a billboard that talks about that, but you can commercial Mm -hmm. and a billboard on Cialis or Viagra. Mm -hmm. What I like about Cleovana too is it's all an external approach. Mm -hmm. It's quick office procedure. And for someone who are having significant vaginal issues, nothing is going in the vagina. So there's a huge benefit to that as well. Again, if you're low in your estrogen and your other hormones, are you going to get the best benefit? So putting all of those together. But I have seen improvement in pain, in lubrication, in frequency and
1: intensity of orgasm with the Cleovana. So it's a wonderful tool in the toolbox. I think that's amazing that women have these options. But what about women who just think they don't need intimacy or they don't need sex in general? What would you say to them? I think that's a conversation I have because some women
0: just say, I'm fine right. with it. I'm
1: fine. So I kind yeah. of dig. Yeah. And I
0: say, Are you really? Or is that the story you're telling yourself? Right. And if you are, honestly, okay. If you and your partner are okay with that, And to your point, intimacy isn't always just sex, right? Right, right. It's that connection. They're, you know, together, but they don't necessarily have to be physically together. But I think there is something to be said. Like I mentioned, we're hardwired for that. When we connect with others, whether it's our partner or friends or family, things are just
1: better, right? We're, We're on a better level. Do you find, as you work with women, of different ages, you know, do you find that libido and intimacy is becoming more of an issue? Sexual intimacy is becoming more of an issue?
0: I think there's more awareness around it. so there's more conversation. And I think women, I'm glad to see that they're a little bit more comfortable talking about it and bringing mm-hmm. it up. And if they don't, I am gotcha. right? you know mm-hmm. if someone can't talk to a gynecologist about intimacy and what's going on down there, who are they going to talk to? So I always say to my patients, if we're having the conversation, I say, go home, say to your partner, roll your eyes if you need to and say, oh my God, all Dr. Rena was talking about today was sex or intimacy, or she gave me these samples of a lubricant and I'm going to put them on the pillowcase or whatever. So so it opens up that conversation and that dialogue. And sometimes it's actually couples therapy that I'm recommending. Yeah. Right. right. So it's not always on the woman and the vagina. It's right. what's in the relationship itself. And the Very other much, thing I'm yeah. sure you've seen this too is there's so much trauma that people have experienced years of trauma. So when we're peeling away these onion layers and we're still not getting anywhere, it's a layer that sometimes we need to address. And honestly, people may not be ready, mm-hmm. but it's, it is an area, and I'm not an expert in it. So I try to refer or make suggestions for ways to for people to work around that.
1: Hi there, superstars. I have an exciting announcement. My new book, The Hormone Shift, Balance Your Body Through Midlife and Menopause is out this October and is available for pre-order right now wherever books are sold. Most women, let's be honest, have been led to believe that entering midlife means existing at the complete mercy of our mysterious hormones for the next decade. When we take our concerns to our doctors, we're told that our debilitating symptoms are normal or we're fine or it's in our head. I'm here to tell you that fine is not good enough. I want women to thrive through every life stage. So I've devised a hormone reset plan that blends the best of Eastern and Western medicine together to bring your body back into balance, minimize unwanted symptoms, and have you feeling like yourself again. It's not you, it's your hormones. Are you ready to thrive? Go to prh.com backslash the hormone shift to pre-order your copy right now. Well, if there's one thing I hope women listening to us today, you know, at least have the conversation with someone that you trust medically, because I think I think it's a part of that. You're just getting old. This is normal narrative that you're just not interested in sex. I mean, I literally have women being like, does anyone have sex anymore? Like, what's the point? You know, like I I literally have the sort of shrug, like whatever, you know, let's move on to the next topic. And, you know, I'm always stopping folks and being like, hang on, you know, like this is a part of your vitality. This is a part of of you owning your womanness or, you know, whatever else. This is still an important thing to talk about. So hopefully, at least people can start having these conversations comfortably and more often because they do feel like everyone deserves intimacy and they deserve to feel connected. And I think you know, that's something that, that we should all start to take a little bit more seriously. I think I was really uncomfortable talking about it too, to be a hundred percent honest, the way sure. I was, raised, you know, which leads me to another, another point that you brought up with trauma and just the pelvic floor in general. Right. So when we think about trauma and the pelvic floor, and then we think about intimacy, how are you able to help women close that gap? Cause I, I meet a lot of women in that space too. Their pelvic floor is so tightened up that maybe they've gone on and they've developed IC, right? And in their yes. interstitial cystitis, it's a factor in them not having sex, not getting pregnant even to a certain extent. So, right. so what is typically your approach to the woman who's had trauma? Is it pelvic floor therapy or, you know, where do they begin? Right. I think it's, it's a combination of therapies, right? Yeah. So
0: Physical therapy, but also whatever kind of cognitive or emotional trauma therapy they need. But if you think about it, even if there isn't necessarily a trauma history, we're taught to hold in our stomach, do our pelvic tilt, do all those things. You know, if we've done sports or dance, those oh, yes. muscles get so tight. Tight. Yeah. Right? So there just can be normal life trauma and tightness that happens there. So I really educate around the concept of pelvic floor physical therapy, because people say, what, what are they going to do there? We think of physical therapy as sports injuries, right? But what are they going to do to my vagina? And so you have to educate around that because it can be uncomfortable. And I, I tell people, these are highly trained pelvic floor physical therapists, and they are going to get in and they're going to press and they're going to look, and they're going to give you exercises in physical therapy that are going to help that. So again, it's about educating and creating a mindset around that. That's one of the components I have. I will always remember this one patient who had such pelvic floor issues and pain. She could not wear pants. Mm. So again, with pelvic floor physical therapy, with some hormone replacement therapy, with work, she came back and she said, I can wear pants.
1: Wow. And I
0: thought, ugh. Right? Another amazing tool in the toolbox that we don't learn in traditional medicine.
1: Amazing. All right. Last question. I know we're running out of time, but this one's a selfish one. We both have teenagers. You know, the <laughs> pressure on our teenagers, I don't know if you have girls or boys, but you know, the pressure on our teenagers to perform, right? To perform athletically, to perform academically. They're super stressed. At least mine are, you know, stressed in different ways socially. You know, what from a pelvic floor standpoint, and even from a hormone balancing standpoint, do you tell teenagers today?
0: Right. So I, I have one of each, a boy and a girl. I'm not sure you I'm an expert on that yeah. as, we, <laughs> as we navigate it. Yeah. But when I see the teens here, right. Hmm. Starting with food, mm-hmm. starting with the gut, that, starting yeah. with the basics, right? Starting with, and it, it doesn't work a lot of the time, but right. Getting off the phone, trying to get your eight hours of sleep, moving yeah. your body, right? These are things we're saying to our teens all the time and hopefully modeling behavior and they're listening for when when they need it. Teens are tricky, right? Yeah. I feel like they have to be sick enough or motivated enough to want to make the change. Definitely. And that's where I, I continue to struggle. And when I talk to new patients, I don't take everybody respectfully because I said, if you're not ready. You're not gonna see the shifts and change that you want, and you're just gonna get frustrated at yourself, at me. Yeah, that's very
1: true. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think my concern is this pressure on athleticism in our young girls and even in our boys. And then what I because again, you know, I get to see them grow and develop and mature into young adults and down the road, like I'm seeing the fallout in their twenties and even in their thirties from a hormone standpoint, from a yes. pelvic floor standpoint, you know, so I think we need to be a little bit careful and at least have some mechanisms in place to teach them about inflammation, to teach them about how to care for the pelvic floor, because I think, You know, they don't want to talk about that stuff anyways, but I do think they start to pay for it as they move through the decades. So, just an observation. Yeah, they're getting a little bit, you know, my kids are both in high school
0: and they'll say in health class or or in yoga class, they'll talk a little bit about it. I get excited. I'm like, you have yoga in high school? Right. uh Right? Right.
1: Yeah, that's true. There are some
0: foundations there. I would love to get in and speak, but they would not let me, you know, there's no way they would let me go in and speak right. in their
1: school. So <laughs> of course not. No, 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 no. And then you know our advice has no value. But anyways, so. Right. This has been so good. I've loved like hearing your perspective and your story. And I'm so thankful that, you know, there are more and more of us coming along the way and really kind of saying, hey, you know, like there's additional ways to do things. I don't like to say there's different. I like to say there's additional ways of doing things and really expanding the toolbox so that, you know, we can find answers for everybody. So thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. And to your point, right. Having other colleagues join in this conversation, that's how we can heal more. It's
1: huge. It's huge. Yeah. Now, if anyone listening today wants to find you or you know get their hands on what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Sure. My
0: practice is Waves of Awakening Center for Personalized Medicine. So the website is wavesofawakening.com. I have a presence on social media small on Instagram and Facebook, Waves of Awakening MD as well.
1: Wonderful. So thank you again. And for everybody else watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, I hope you share it, review it, make sure every woman, you know, every man even maybe might need to listen to this so that you can get to the bottom of your hormone health and your intimacy as well. And I will see you guys next time.